How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. Hey everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what is Christian apologetics? Well, the word apologetics is the English translation of the Greek word apologia. And it's really quite an unfortunate translation in the English because we have other words like apology and apologizing. So you may be excused for thinking that apologetics has something to do with saying you're sorry. But the word apologetics, again, comes from that Greek word apologia, which means to give a reason or a defense for what we believe as Christians. But what does that look like? And how do we put that into practice? Well, there's a really helpful verse in the New Testament that outlines a few key principles for us. 1 Peter 3.15, which reads, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always been prepared to make a defense, that's an apologia, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do so with gentleness and respect. There are at least four key points that I think we can pull out of this single verse to help unpack this idea of what is Christian apologetics. First of all, Christian apologetics is for all Christians. You see, when Peter says, in your heart, the your he is referring to there is defined back up in verse 8 as all of you or to everyone that Peter is writing to. Peter had spoken directly to servants and masters in chapter 2, then husbands and wives earlier in chapter 3, but now he expands his instruction to all Christians, to all of you, to all the people that he described back in chapter 1 as being born again. So the task of Christian apologetics then, of giving a reason or a defense or an explanation for why we believe what we believe as Christians, it comes out of who a Christian is, out of someone who in their hearts honors Christ the Lord as holy. And I find this quite interesting because not all Christians are called to be teachers, not all Christians are called to be pastors, but we are all called to be apologists. Of course, that doesn't mean that we need to go get you know a degree in apologetics or philosophy or something. That's just one way of doing apologetics, but it does mean that whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're a Christian, you've been given the task of doing apologetics in the place that God has you, whether that's as an artist or a student or a musician or a a mum or a dad or an accountant, a barista, a nurse, a doctor, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever there is a Christian, there an apologist should be found. And this leads to a second point. Apologetics is all about Jesus. If giving an apologetic is making a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, then quite obviously the content of our apologetic is that hope that Christians have. And what or who is our hope? Jesus, God in human flesh, the one around whom the entire edifice of Christian belief and practice is built. He's not just one God among many gods. He is the one true and living, holy, perfect God. And in him and him alone, there is hope for humanity in this life and the next. In other words, if we are giving reasons or defenses of the faith, but not talking about Jesus in one way or another, we aren't doing apologetics. And there's a hint of this in the very word apologia itself. Apo means from or off off, and logos means reason. Well, Jesus was called the logos in John 1 1. So, in a sense, you could say that apologetics is off of or from Jesus. A third thing that we learn is apologetics is marked by Christian integrity. The primary emphasis of 1 Peter 3 15 is the phrase, always being prepared. 
what does it mean to be prepared? Well, most often I think we look at this as though preparation means, you know, studying up or strategizing new tactics for how to engage the culture with Christian beliefs. Now, those things are important, but I think they are secondary to the primary meaning of preparation here in this verse. You see, if apologetics is for all Christians, and if apologetics is all about Jesus, then I think always being prepared means here in this context to always be ready in our integrity and standing as Christians before the Lord. You see, the entire context of this section in Peter is holiness and right living, which is why the preamble to making a defense, to giving an apologetic, is honoring Christ the Lord as holy in our hearts. And it makes sense when you think about it. You see, if apologetics is, again, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope within you, then that assumes, at least number one, that people will see something different about you as a Christian, namely a hope of some sort, and number two, that you will be the kind of person that they would want to approach to ask you about that hope. You know, it's been said that there are five Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the life of the Christian, and most people will never read the first four. I think that's kind of the point Peter's getting at here. Apologetics is marked by the testimony of the Christian, which should be holy and right before the Lord, because actions speak louder than words. And if people don't see any evidence of a supernatural hope in the life of a Christian, then why would they come and ask us about it? You see, before it is anything else, apologetics is a reflection of a Christian's heart before God. And this leads to the fourth and final point in this verse, Apologetics is not just what we say, but it's how we say what we say. Christians are called to give reasons for the hope that we have within and to do so with gentleness and respect. You see, how Christians go about giving an apologetic is just as important as what the content of our apologetic is. Both should reflect Jesus. And that's why it is so important that we look at how he spoke with other people and reasoned with people in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because the apologetic burden, it's, it's not so much about answering questions as it is the questioner behind questions. It's not so much about winning arguments in the moment, but souls for all of eternity. In the words of George MacDonald, the defeat of the intellect is not the object of fighting with the sword of the spirit, but rather the acceptance of the heart. And God and God alone is in the business of saving souls, but it is the work of the apologist of every single Christian to share the hope of that salvation that they have to anyone who asks and to do so in the same manner that Christ has dealt with us, namely with gentleness and respect, with integrity in truth and grace in love. But that doesn't mean a tolerance at all costs. Given a defense for the faith is very often convicting and challenging, sometimes even confronting. But done biblically, it is ultimately winsome because how a Christian goes about giving reasons for the beliefs that they have should ultimately reflect who they are as a Christian, as a person that is loved and secured in an unshakable relationship with the one true and living God That's why there's no need for defensiveness or division or insecurity or arguing for argument's sake, because at the end of the day, that would make apologetics all about us when it's all about Jesus. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.